welcome to the Farming on Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming on Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by Back Pocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not, and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at Lexi at BackPocketSocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to Farming on Purpose. I am still sick, but still here doing the podcast. Um, Today, I want to talk about a topic that I think about a lot and that I use to guide me in most decisions I make. And I have been seeing a lot of people talking about this concept without naming it recently on Instagram, on social media, and just in conversations that I've been having with friends. So I wanted to take some time today to talk about the concept of opportunity cost. And what I like to think of this as is time versus money. And a lot of us um, probably have a lot of like very deep ingrained beliefs about this whole concept of time versus money or opportunity cost without even realizing it. This is something that affects our decision-making skills at the deepest level and something that we use every single day, whether we realize it or not. Um, A lot of you know that I am a marketing consultant. That is my job. Um, And I actually have this conversation a lot with my clients and with people who are considering hiring marketing services. And that conversation is, if it doesn't cost money, it probably costs time. Um, And so many people forget to give their time a value when they think about making decisions, everything from, you know, what they're doing on their farm on a day-to-day basis to how much their lunch costs with if they're going to make it or if they're going to eat out to if they're going to go get a town job versus staying at home and working on the farm. There's just so much that we forget that our time is literally money. And sometimes our time is worth more money than at others. 
and understanding exactly what value we place on our time and how we spend our time and different tasks that we're doing with our time is what can allow us to make the best decisions possible for us and for our farm. One of my favorite quotes that I had from a teacher in college was from Dr. Flinchbaugh. He was my ag policy teacher and one of the favorite things he liked to say is that there's no free lunch. The concept of no free lunch is that even if there is a brown paper sack with a sandwich and apple and chips and a cookie in it sitting on the table in front of you free for the taking, it is still not free. There is still an opportunity cost associated with that that free, in quotation marks, lunch. And that no free lunch concept basically means that there are unforeseen pieces of value that you are either sacrificing or obtaining when you make a decision. So let's say you have this brown bag lunch sitting on the table in front of you. It did not cost you any money. You didn't have to pay for it. Um, Someone sat it there and it is for you. You're not stealing it from anyone else. That lunch, if you choose to take it and consume it, what you are doing is you are acquiring costs in the, instead of spending money on it, you are acquiring costs in the essence of risk. So when you look at that lunch, you're taking a couple, (laughs) there's a couple costs that are happening to you. You are taking the risk that that lunch, you don't know the origin of it. It could be contaminated. You don't know who owned that lunch or if you take it, if someone's going to, you know, come out from behind the closed door and say, hey, you took that lunch and because you took it, now you have to do X, Y, and Z, Um, kind of like an unforeseen debt that you didn't know you would have to pay. Um, Some other things that could happen, you could be missing out on another opportunity to eat lunch. Um, Maybe you take that brown bag lunch and you eat it and then five minutes later you see a friend walking down the hall and they want to go have lunch with you, but you already ate so you don't want to go anymore. That's an opportunity cost as well. So this is a very simplified concept, but when you think about it in another light of no free lunch, um, the truth of it really starts to come out and it happens all the time on our farm those things are all costs and a lot of times we don't count them for anything because they may or may not matter to us so what this is really about is assigning value and understanding the risks or the costs of everything now a lot of farmers um, when we talk about this concept or you know really a lot of business owners, anybody, when we talk about this concept of time versus money or knowing the value of your time and the value of the the things that you're spending your time on, um, a lot of them say, well, my time isn't worth anything. And they have this um, thought in their mind of like, well, I wouldn't be doing anything else with my time, so I might as well be doing this. And what I think that gets a lot of folks into trouble with as business owners really of any kind is we start feeling locked in with our day-to-day tasks that take up our time and then we fail to see the opportunity that could be obtained from getting help with those tasks, maybe doing those tasks in a different way, maybe using some of our resources to buy assets that help us to do those tasks more quickly or more efficiently. And really this concept 
concept of, well, my time isn't worth very much, um, is what leads us to having really terrible time management. And there's some other things that can lead us to having terrible time management as well. Um, One of them is decision overwhelm. So when we think about all of the things that we need to do on, in our business, on our farm, on our ranch, in our home even, on a given day or for a given couple hours, there is so much. (laughs) There's always something to do on the farm. There's always a job that needs done and is not getting done. So this decision overwhelm of having so many things that could be taking our time, that could be a valuable exchange for our time, and we have to pick one, and we have to then plan it out and make it happen, that is very overwhelming and it can take so much of our bandwidth and our mental energy that we don't even know it. And so instead, we end up doing the thing that is easiest or the thing that has the least resistance. A lot of times what that could be is the same thing that we've always done. So if we've always gone into the house for lunch at noon, it's really, really easy for our brain to tell us that at noon it's time to go into the house for lunch and our stomach starts to join forces with that and tell us that as well. Our brains are actually designed to follow the path of least resistance, so to do the things that we have always done before. This is why routines are so important and why changing routines and habits is so hard because our brain literally develops pathways of electricity. And once our brain has done it once or five times to go do something different from that path, from that thing that we've always done, that routine or that habit is so challenging because we're forcing our brain to leave the comfort zone and to do something that is going to be harder, something that we don't know what the opportunity cost is for that that new activity that we might be doing. Our brain loves to eliminate risk. And when we try to do something new, a lot of times our brain may not fully understand what the risks of doing that different thing is. So that is why you probably feel so much overwhelm or resistance to doing something new or different. And that is why so many of us continue to do exactly the same thing over and over and over. And when you add in other people in this equation, it gets even harder because they are also having their brain patterns tell them to follow the path of least resistance and do the thing we've always done. So if you have this idea, this new idea that you want to do, and you're having a conversation with someone and they're telling you, no, we've always done it this way, or no, that's a dumb idea. What about X, Y, and Z that you haven't thought about? Then all of a sudden, it's not just you fighting your own brain to try something new. It's you challenging everyone's brain around you to do something new as well. And a lot of us get really comfortable in our patterns and our routines. And so it's not always necessarily about just being stubborn, you know, being a stubborn, stereotypical farmer. Sometimes it's the brain patterns that we've been developing for years and years and fighting against those to evaluate the new opportunity costs of different actions. And when we think about the margin for error in a lot of our farm businesses, it is very slim. So having a very solid grip of our opportunity cost when we go to make farm decisions is so important. 
if we don't understand the opportunity costs and we jump, we make that jump, we take that risk and it doesn't work out, um, that margin for error can mean devastating consequences that happen for years to come, unfortunately, in our business. Um, so many, I believe um, for small and medium sized farms, especially like something like 80% of us are operating at a high risk margin um, for like longevity. Um, I need to look up that exact stat, but I, I have used it before. Um, and that's just terrifying to think about. So not only do we have to fight our brains as we evaluate this opportunity cost, but we also, it, there's so much pressure surrounding it, so much risk involved in truly understanding what our opportunity cost is. Okay, so let's talk through opportunity costs as business owners, as farmers, ranchers, whatever it is in our day-to-day -day role. Opportunity cost really applies to every type of decision, um, so the specifics are not really that important here. Um, but when we think about opportunity cost and maybe changing activities that we're doing with our time, whether that's in our business, in our home, um, or in our personal time, what we need to think about is what else we could be doing with that time or what else we want to be doing with that time. A lot of times when we manage our time, we will use the maximum time available to complete a task. Um, I've talked about this um, on a different podcast episode. I was a guest on um, the Cattleman U podcast. And we do this because there's no pressure. There's no reward. There's no benefit for completing the task sooner or more quickly. And because of this, we tend to just fill the time that's given. So in theory, and as I've found in practice, the more things that we have on our to-do list, the more we add to our plate, the actually the more that we get done. It's a little bit more stressful and sometimes we find ourselves, you know, overloading, but when we think about a task that we typically would give ourselves an hour to do, if all of a sudden we have three tasks to do in that hour and we need to get them done, usually we can get them done. And that's not always the case. You know, some things they just, they take how long they take. But for a lot of us, if we have to be more efficient, we probably can be. So thinking about, you know, if I'm doing a task that's taking an hour of my time, could I do that in less time if I did it a different way? And if I did, what would the reward for doing that be? We have to have that reward, that reason for changing the behavior, or it's going to be really hard to change. So thinking about what else you could be doing with your time, and is that time, that behavior that you're going to change, is that enough of a reward for you to actually change it? All right, the other thing we have to think about is what else could we be doing with that money? Now, when we think about this, we have to think and place a value on our time. So if I have some time to do a task and I don't know how to value it, what I like to do is think about how much would I have to pay someone else to do that same task? And that's not always an equivalent of how long it would take me to do that task. Um, or how much I would pay myself to do that task. For me, the task might only take 15 minutes because I've been doing it my whole life and I have a super efficient process. If I wanna pay somebody else to do that, 
I'm going to have to teach them how to do that task. So there's a time cost. I'm going to have to pay them enough to care about that task. So there's a monetary cost. And then I'm also going to have to pay for that person when they can't do the task. So even if they, for some reason, cannot do the task that day, the task still needs done. So if they can't do it, I'm going to have to come back and do it or have some other plan in place to get the task done. So when I think about having someone else do this task and placing a value on my time there, even if that task is only a 15 minute task and let's say I pay myself $15 an hour, um, so it's like, less than less than eight dollars for me to do this task um, that I would pay myself. If I were to pay someone else to do it, I'm probably going to be paying them more than that. Um, not only in the monetary value that I give to that person, but also in the monetary value I need to assume or the risk of that monetary value I need to assume in the event that they don't get it done or they don't get it done correctly. So based on that, a lot of people are going to say, well, I'll just do it myself. That way I know it gets done right and it gets done every time. That might be the right answer. But what if you could be doing something else more valuable with that 15 minutes? What if you could be doing something that is worth even more than what you need to pay and the risk that you assume for someone else to do that task? Or in terms of value, because not all money is value, what else could you be doing with your time? So circling back to that first question of, if I didn't have to do this task that I don't value every day, then what could I be doing with my time that I value more? And sometimes that value of the thing that you would prefer to be doing has a much more significant value than the monetary value that you would have to pay someone else to do this task. And for a lot of us, because we can't necessarily assign a monetary value to the things that we would prefer to do with our time, like for instance, if I would like to be able to have time to do a workout every day, and in order to do that, I need to pay someone to clean my house, that means I have to put a monetary value on working out. And if I need to pay somebody 100 to $200 a week to come clean my house so that I can get that workout in, all of a sudden that workout is worth 100 to $200 per week. And that might sound really scary to place that high of a value on a 30 minute workout or something like that. We have to know the true value of that and we have to know how much value we place on that in our life, in our priorities. If that is a really important piece of our life that is missing, if that's a priority in our life, then getting that three, that 30 minute workout in might be worth a thousand dollars. It's really difficult to assign a monetary value to things like that unless we are absolutely certain of what our priorities are. And we to do that, we have to understand what our goals are, what direction we wanna go, and what matters most to us. And a lot of us don't always take the time to do that. Or we have done it, but maybe life has changed and we haven't done it in a while. The other thing that we need to be really comfortable with when it comes to making decisions about time versus money is what are 
numbers are. So if we're thinking about money and we're placing a value on money and placing a value on time, we have to be very comfortable with what our values of money that we currently have access to are. And that can be very uncomfortable. A lot of us probably have very deep-rooted, as I said at the beginning of this episode, um, feelings or thought processes associated with money that we were taught from a very young age. And some of those thought processes may be helpful, like we may have learned good money habits. Some of them may be not helpful to us. Um, Maybe that could be like thinking about guilting yourself for buying something that's nice. Or if you are someone who's maybe like an extreme saver of money and you don't use coupons or you don't shop the sales at the grocery store, you might feel a lot of guilt for that. And that um, could be a money habit that is not necessarily helpful to you. It depends on your situation. So I wanna go through a common example that I hear used when we talk about finances um, and saving and getting out of debt. Um, One of those examples is your daily coffee budget. So if you are not like me, I don't particularly like Starbucks. I prefer gas station coffee or making my coffee at home. But a lot of people really enjoy, you know, Starbucks or coffee shop coffee. Um, And that can be, you know, five, six, seven, ten dollars a day that you choose to spend money on that. Now, a lot of people will tell you that's the first thing that you should cut if you're trying to establish some better money habits or save money. Um, But I don't necessarily think that it is true. When I think about this, I like to really assign a price or a value and understand what that value is of the thing that I'm doing. So let's say that I do, for example's sake, enjoy Starbucks coffee. And I like to get that coffee three times a week and my average order is $7 per day. So let's do the simple math here. If I am having a $7 order three times a week and there's 52 weeks in a year, we are looking at about $1,090 per year that I am spending on my fancy Starbucks coffee. Now, $1,000 a year on coffee, is that a lot to you? Is it not very much to you? The question there um, is very relative. It depends on how much you enjoy that coffee and it depends on the opportunity cost of that value of what else you could be buying with that $1,000. So when we think about $1,000, what else could we do with that? Um, Well, Dave Ramsey (laughs) would probably tell you that you should be using that $1,000 to pay down your debt, to make a payment on your mortgage or your car payment that is against the principal of your loan instead of against, you know, the interest balance. And that can be a really, really helpful thing to do. But what I like to think about it is, is that $1,000 that I'm going to spend, you know, towards paying down debt or maybe to acquiring another asset that could help me in my business or whatever it might be, is that going to change my day-to-day life in a way that I find valuable? If the answer is no, For me, 
I'm going to still go get that coffee. I'm going to still choose to spend my $7 an order three times a week all year long because I place a value on my day-to-day experience more so than what that $1,000 a year could get me somewhere else. And that's not the choice that everyone is going to make. That has to be an internal decision of where you place your value. But thinking about it that way is a way that's helped me make decisions that in the past I have felt a lot of guilt about. I used to have a lot of guilt surrounding money and how money was spent. Um, So understanding the value that I place on those decisions has really helped me to stop feeling guilt on those things that maybe I do place value on and like to treat myself to. For me, coffee is not one of those things, but that's just for example's sake. Let's talk about an example that is realistic for me. Um, So recently, we we have chickens and this is a long story. I built a chicken tractor for those chickens out of PVC pipe that um, over the summer. And so that those chickens could be out on our yard, um, getting bugs, eating like grass seed, all of those good things. Um, we have some free range chickens that do that as well, but we've had a lot of challenges with them as in they will not go in a coop at night and they like to sit in the rafters of our hay shed and poop everywhere. And it is obnoxious and frustrating to say the least. So we wanted these new chickens that we got to be in a chicken tractor so we had a little bit more control over that and then hopefully I'm hoping um, here this summer we can let them out and let them be free range and then they will come back in to the coop at night and we can have just a little bit more control over their safety so that they don't get picked off by coyotes and to keep them out of our hay shed from creating a mess. Okay so that's the backstory. Next um, when the cold weather hit hit this winter, we did not really have a plan for these chickens um, to have some additional shelter inside. So what we did, because we lacked the planning time to do this or did not prioritize it, um, we pulled the chicken tractor into a shed. And so it is, the chickens are still in the chicken tractor, but the chicken tractor is inside a shed. So it's kind of a makeshift coop. It's not a great situation, but it's working for now. Okay, to the actual decision-making thing I want to talk about. We have been watering these chickens by lifting up the frame of the chicken tractor and placing um, a little water dispenser into the coop. And I do this every day, and these chickens are knocking it over every day and pooping all over the waterer. So every day, I have to lift up the frame of the chicken tractor, grab the waterer, clean it off, fill it, and then go put it back in. And I've gotten real frustrated with that process. Um, We have a lot of chicken waterers just sitting around because some of them were here when we purchased the place. They were in a shed um, and had got left behind. And some of them I think we've acquired, like have been given to us or we bought at an auction or whatever. We have these, we have a large number of chicken waterers at our disposal. Um, But I didn't want to use one of those chicken waterers because they're all the same design and they are all going to have this same issue that I'm currently having with the chicken waterers. And I totally realize this is such a, like, 
mundane example of my day-to-day life filling this darn chicken water. Instead, I did some research online and I found a chicken waterer that I can hang from one of the PVC pipes on the chicken tractor and fill from the top instead of having to lift open the frame of or lift the frame of the chicken tractor every day and it has a um like a cone on top of the chicken waterer so they cannot perch on it and poop on it um and since it can hang from the top when we move the chicken tractor out of the shed this summer and back onto the grass it won't have to be moved separately from the tractor it will just move along with it because it hangs from the tractor so $35 I paid for this dang chicken waterer. Um, was that a good business decision for me? No, probably not. I do not get enough eggs from these chickens. I don't sell the eggs to justify a $35 investment in the upkeep day-to-day chores of the chickens. But I placed a value on it because I was so dang tired of cleaning out that darn chicken waterer. So to me, $35, even though it did not make business sense for these chickens um, and their eggs, I decided it made sense for me because I was frustrated with the process of filling and lifting the chicken tractor every day. Now, is that a super low cost, super simple example of this? Yes, oversimplified 100%. I know that on our farms, when we think about opportunity costs and choosing to invest in things, we are typically looking at thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars and making that decision based on how we feel about a particular task can be a lot more complicated at that point. But I want you to start to think about this concept of what value we place on our time and on the tasks that we're doing with our time. And to do this, we have to really know what jobs we don't like doing and why we don't like doing them. Because as I've kind of given examples here, our time is broken up into these chunks that become our whole life. And if we spend three hours a day doing tasks that we absolutely hate, we start to have a more negative outlook on life. And I don't know about you, but personally, I value the time that I have on this earth more than to be doing tasks that I absolutely 100% hate to do. I would much rather spend my limited time on this planet doing tasks that have value and that I enjoy and that provide benefit to my overall goals. Now, there are some jobs on a farm, on a business, in a home, in a job, whatever it is, that you may hate doing, but there is no freaking way around them. They are just part of the job, Um, whether that's chopping ice in the middle of winter for your cows or, you know, dealing with absolute extreme cold, um, cleaning out water tanks in the summer. Um, And I'm not saying those are things that are non-negotiables and that you absolutely have to do. There are other options, but for a lot of us, those are just part of the job. They need done. You don't enjoy doing them. You may hate doing them, but it doesn't make sense to do it any other way. 
But that's why I think it's also really important to understand why I dislike a task. If I'm going to think about not doing a task anymore or doing a task differently, like I said with the chickens, purchasing an asset so that the task is less frustrating, I'm still going to fill their water every day. But hopefully the task doesn't have the same connotation with it. Um, And I should save a little bit of time by not having to clean their water out. But knowing why a task is something that I want to get away from is even more important than identifying that I dislike the task itself. Because if I'm, for example, going to be spending $5,000 to put some upgrades on our old John Deere tractor, then I need to be pretty darn certain that those upgrades we're going to make are going to either completely change the efficiency of the task so that I can place a $5,000 value on the time saved or going to make that task so much easier that I, instead of hating the task of, you know, cleaning pins out or whatever, um, instead enjoy the task or find it to be less frustrating in my day-to-day life that I can justify spending $5,000 on that addition um, to our tractor. And a lot of times when we think about making this decision, it really comes down to where we place our priorities because placing a value on our own time is one of the most challenging things that we will ever do uh, because we're biased. (laughs) It's hard to decide how much our time is worth um, when we are the ones doing the tasks. And especially if we do not have time to take a break from those tasks and kind of distance ourselves to evaluate that situation. If we're stuck in the middle of doing those tasks and trying to simultaneously evaluate the value of our time and the value of us doing those tasks in a specific way, that can be very challenging to think through and to separate ourselves from enough to get that clarity to understand. So it really comes down to priorities. Are you having time in your day-to-day life to spend time doing the things that you prioritize most or that matter the most to you. When you think about that, and if there are things that are consistently left off the table time and time again, whether that's going to your kids' basketball games or having time to cook a home-cooked meal instead of something from the freezer or something as simple as having that extra 10 minutes in your morning to get ready to go out the door and and leave with a positive mindset instead of a rushed one, or as simple as sitting down to have a meal together with your spouse. If those kinds of things are things that would increase the satisfaction in your life so much and they are consistently not happening, then it's time to evaluate your time and what you are missing out because of how you're spending your time. Some of those things could be simple fixes of just rearranging the order of your day, of, you know, asking for 10 or 15 minutes of help from your spouse in the morning, um, laying out kids' clothes the night before. You know, some of these things are very simple fixes. We just have to take the time to decide to do it differently and then spend the time establishing a routine or a habit so that it can happen consistently. Some of these things are much bigger decisions. Um, 
one that I hear talked about a lot and dreaded a lot is making the decision to get a town job or to leave a town job um, because the farm is or isn't as profitable as we would like it to be to sustain our family or to sustain two incomes or whatever that might look like. And that's a really big decision. That's a decision that is much more challenging to make because there are so many factors and variables that we have to consider with this opportunity cost of time versus money. Um, One of the things that I like to think about with this is to put a deadline on it. Um, A lot of times we rush into these types of decisions either with lack of information or because we feel very passionately about them. Um, You know, whether that's leaving the town job to go full-time on the farm um, or leaving the farm to go back to a town job because we're not able to find the profitability we need to on our farm. Um, That's a very emotional decision and there are so many variables that for me, putting a time stamp on it or a deadline to reevaluate it or determine if we have more information to make that decision is very helpful. And then thinking about what types of information would be helpful to you to make that decision. And that is totally my Enneagram type five coming through of always feeling like there could be more information to make a decision. Um, But what this can help us to do is start to evaluate, you know, costs in our lifestyle that could be changed instead of going back to a town job. Maybe it's that, you know, we need to start doing something different in the business to find more profitability, even if it's something we haven't done before or something that we don't particularly enjoy doing. If we can do it and it allows us to avoid going back to a town job, which we have a very high value on, you know, getting to stay on the farm, that might be worth doing. That might be worth looking into and evaluating the opportunity costs of that. And the other thing about this is that it is an constantly ongoing revolving door cycle of decision making. And as circumstances change, so do our priorities and then so ta- so do our opportunity costs. And to constantly about evaluating this to constantly be evaluating this time versus money or time versus value aspect in our lives, it can get really tiring, but it is probably the most rewarding and peace-giving thoughts that you will ever pursue. And for me personally, truly understanding my priorities, and this is something I've talked about with friends a lot lately, um, truly understanding my priorities and how those relate to other things that I might be sacrificing in my life or in our lifestyle because of, you know, it costing more for me to prioritize those things um, and understanding where that falls on my list of priorities or my ability to pay for those things. Um, that is what has probably given me the most bandwidth as I grow my business, as we've grown our family and helped me to find more peace in my day-to-day life so that I can be present for it and truly enjoy it versus constantly stressing about it and feeling like, you know, I don't have that control because I'm just letting circumstances happen to me instead of making these informed decisions about the opportunity cost. And I will 
definitely add that I have seen this in my business as I've grown uh, my marketing agency. Really understanding opportunity cost is what has allowed me to grow my business. Because when I started out, I was a freelancer. I was working probably 60, 70 hours a week, most weeks just on my freelance business. And I did that because that was where I was placing the most value at that time. But as time went on, I started to realize I was losing value from other things in my life because I was spending all of this time working. And I actually valued those things that I was missing out on more than the income and the business growth that I was seeing. So making changes in my day-to-day patterns in my business by expanding into an agency and hiring help and choosing to set boundaries of things I will or will not do or have turnaround times that I can or cannot accommodate. It it honestly, some of those things have lost me clients, um, but they have given me so much more peace and freedom to choose my priorities wisely and consistently find times for the things that I value most while still being able to make an income to support our family um, that is doable and not something that has to cause me stress and that I have to constantly feel guilt about because I know what my priorities are and I've chosen to value them accordingly. So I hope this doesn't sound too much like I've been on a soapbox, but this is a topic that I feel very passionately about and something that as I talk to people and I hear what their decision-making process is like or things that they're struggling with as they expand their farm or even just, you know, make decisions in their day-to-day life, I hear these patterns over and over again as I'm working with clients, as I'm talking to friends, and it's just something that I think so many people would benefit from of sitting down, truly evaluating their priorities, and then looking at their day to your day-to-day routine and the things that you're doing with your time and determining if that is the best use of your resources, whether that's time or money or both. So I hope this episode um, brings value to you. And as we kind of move into the end of January and carrying out through the rest of the year, really thinking about what value you place on things. And I would love to hear what you value and how you have decided that or come to those decisions or the experiences that you've had that helped you better understand that. Um, If you want to join the conversation on social media, I would love to hear that. Um, This is one of my favorite things to talk about and think through with people. So if you want to contribute to the conversation, please do so. I would love to hear from you. Do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared? Please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com slash guest. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at at Farming on Purpose on all social media. And let us know what topics you want to hear more about.